Welcome to today's Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. I'm your host, Dory DiCarlo, and you know we are here week after week, show after show, breaking those myths that mompreneurs and businesswomen, especially those of us building our businesses from home, that we're just dabbling in between bake sales and getting our nails done. We're not. We are smart, we are savvy, and we are sharing the wisdom of women in business and in life. I'm looking forward to bringing today's guest into Healthy Habits because we're going to talk about subjects that women don't like to talk about. Dr. Stephanie Young-Moss is the creator of the website drstephanieyomo.com and menopauseincolor.com where you will find practical health and wellness tips, ways to reduce healthcare disparities, and tools, tips, and resources for women experiencing perimenopause and menopause. She is a community of over 100,000 people on social media, and Dr. Stephanie is also the owner of Integrated Pharmacy Outcomes and Consulting, which focuses on educating underserved communities on ways to reduce and prevent healthcare disparities. And for whatever reason, when it comes to talking about perimenopause and menopause, Oh my gosh, it's the elephant in the room. <laughs> so I am thrilled to be bringing you to the show, Dr. Stephanie. Welcome Thank to World you. of Mom Radio. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you it so much. That was a great intro. Pleasure. Oh, good. I'm glad. You know, <laughs> take us on your journey. You are a pharmacist by degree. Mm-hmm. What has made you realize that it's not that we're underserved, but we're underspoken about? Yes, yes. And it, I think it is underserved, too, especially considering things, taboos and things that a lot of physicians don't want to talk about or do for their patients. And it's not that they don't want to, it's just that they sometimes don't know. So I think what really brought me into it is because I was experiencing it. I think that's the biggest thing. Throughout pharmacy school, I learned all about women's health. I learned about different disease states. And we kind of brushed over menopause. Never even heard of probably perimenopause in school, but we brushed over menopause, and which I think a lot of healthcare professionals did. So it's important for me, once I started experiencing and seeing what was going on, I started doing more research. And the more I researched, I realized that's me. That's what I have. And if I didn't know that as a healthcare professional, I couldn't imagine what other people didn't realize what they're going through. And I see that a lot now. They realize, oh, my gosh, I'm not alone. I didn't realize this is me. So I hit, get that a lot. So it was really just about what I went through and wanting to help others realize uh, what they were going through, possibly. I have to ask you, what are the top three things as a pharmacist mm-hmm. you wish everybody knew? Uh, for About perimenopause and menopause, the side effects and the symptoms. I think that we brush off a lot of things. And it's always important, I tell people, to make sure that if you're having a side effect or a symptom, that you get it checked out because it could it could be perimenopause or it could be something else. So it's important to have a good relationship with your healthcare provider to talk about what's going on with you. Like for instance, for me, when I first went to my healthcare provider, it was um, a heart palpitation. Went to the cardiologist, nothing came back. It was everything was fine, but no one ever brought up the discussion of what it could possibly be. So that was one of my symptoms. 
we are always expecting the hot flash. Everyone's thinking, waiting for the hot flash, but there's so many other symptoms that could possibly be perimenopause. So I think that's one thing is to really know the symptoms and know what's going on. And you don't always have to uh, take a medication or do anything like that to be able to change it, but you need to be aware of what's going on with your body, be aware if you need to do things to change your lifestyle to kind of accommodate some of those things as well. So that's one thing is to be aware of the signs and symptoms. And then also realize how important your nutrition is when it comes to some of this as well. And then making sure that you're also adjusting those things as you age. Because there's some things I could eat or couldn't eat or some things I didn't have to take when I was younger that I have to now. So I'm, you know, recognizing my body things that I can or I can't do. So I keep a food diary for myself to make sure if I can see what's affecting me in a certain way. And then also, I know I said you don't always have to run the medication, but if you have to, for some it's good. Talk to your, your healthcare provider about it then if it's for you, then it's for you. So don't be afraid to get that conversation up started about what can help you if you're really suffering. Because some people won't have any symptoms at all, and then some people will have every single symptom from the time they're mid-30s on until they finally reach menopause. So everyone's different. They just need to recognize that. Yeah, there's a spoiler alert. You're talking about women in their mid-30s that might start experiencing these things Let's face it, we think, oh, that's not going to happen until we're in our 50s. Exactly. Let us know that those are kind of the surprising facts about perimenopause. Exactly. So perimenopause can start anywhere from your mid to late 30s or up into your 50s. And perimenopause just means around the time of menopause. And it's when your hormones start to fluctuate, your estrogen starts to go down, and you start to see some of those signs and symptoms, that's why they start to come into play, like your uh, hot flashes and your night sweats. Some people uh, may have heart palpitations, and then also you could have a change in your cycle. So some people's cycle may get very, very heavy, and some people's cycle may get light, or they're skipping months. So that's another sign that you may see, too. And then things like itchy skin, dry skin, change in libido, all of those things could possibly be perimenopause, and then we're not realized, because we're still waiting for the hot flash and you're still waiting for the woman that you saw in the commercial, since you don't look like her, then you're not expecting it to happen to you. But it could possibly start as early as your mid-30s as far as perimenopause. Now, the average age for menopause is anywhere between 49 and 51 years of age. And I know you know some people say, well, I didn't start out with 65. Well, that's why we call it an average. And, it, you know, it's an average for a reason, because some people start early and then some people start late. We're all, you know, different as far as our body and our body chemistry and, and everything, and our hormones. For me, that was a surprise. I didn't know it was that was the average age between 49 and 51. And menopause is defined as when you have not had a period for at least 12 months and one day. So that's when you're considered menopause. And then after that, you're postmenopause. But anything prior to that, you're considered to be in perimenopause, which when you start to see some of those signs and symptoms. As a mom, <laughs> because let's face it, our job, we make sure everybody's taken care of and is healthy. Mm-hmm. Why is there such a disparity between what we do for our kids and what we do for ourselves? Well, I mean, that's pretty simple because we want to, you know, take care of everyone, whether it's someone, someone else in the household, whether it's your kid or your partner or whoever, you're making appointments for all of them and making sure that they're fine and not and ignoring signs and symptoms that you may have or ignoring appointments that you should make. Or, you know, not looking at the diet, that, what you're taking, and things of, you know, things of that nature, what you're eating. Um, so we're always just worried about, because we're just natural nurturers and caregivers, 
that we want to take care of everyone around us when we're not realizing that we're missing some things that we should be um, that we should be taking care of ourselves. Because if you're not healthy and well, you're not going to be able to take care of everyone else, right? So um, it's very important for us to also take care of ourselves first. Is that true, though? I mean, is do you see that as a healthcare professional? You, is there really that big a gap between mom care and what we Just do time. for everyone else? Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially for your, you know, especially for your kids, because we're always up on the. We want to make sure that we're taking care of them and nurturing them. We really think that we don't need as much. Like I can, you know, see for myself. I'm making sure they got their annual appointment schedule. It's, you know, it's re, when we get there, when we're leaving, we're going to reschedule for the next year. And then a lot of times we're not even doing it for ourselves because you just think, oh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't need to go or I'm okay. When you really, you know, need to check it up. So yeah, I do see that. In saying that. And being up to date. Yeah. Vaccinations. I mean, obviously, through this whole pandemic that we went through, all mm-hmm. of a sudden, people's minds were blown. With yes. the government's going to try to make me take a vaccination, <laughs> not realizing that all the vaccinations that you and your kids have to take before you go to school are government mandated. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly right. And I think, especially for adults, we really think that it's for our kids. Right. You think, let me get to make sure they're all taking their they're they're on their vaccines they're taking their vaccines. They're doing right. But you don't realize there are some things that you probably need to do as well. So a lot of times I see moms trying to catch up with their kids because they have all their vaccines. They're vaccinated. However, we may have some holding gaps. Like, for instance, one would be hepatitis B. And last month was just hepatitis B Awareness Month. And that is a highly infectious virus. And matter of fact, it is 100 times more infectious than HIV. And people don't realize that it's affecting about 2.5 million people in the U.S. with chronic hepatitis B, which can affect your liver. It can cause liver cancer, liver failure, et cetera. And there's no cure. There's only a prevention. So what the CDC did was they actually updated their recommendations for people between the ages of 19 and 59 to be able to, that they should have an update on the hepatitis B vaccine. So anyone born before 1991, they probably need to catch up. A lot of times... Nine times out of ten, your your child already has it because that's given at birth. However, anyone born after 1991, that was not a requirement. So the CDC has now made a recommendation that we need to catch up and get that vaccine. So, and it's really simple to do. It's a, a two-dose shot over a month period. And hepatitis B is one of the first and only hepatitis B vaccines that's delivered like that. So it's convenient for moms. Of course, we're busy. We're making time and doing things for everyone else. But this would be a very simple uh, thing to do, especially for moms. And a lot of times people are worried about side effects, but the side effects are pretty general as to all any other vaccines you had in your life. It could be possible injection, irritation at the site, uh, could be fever or fatigue or headache. So just those simple things. Everyone won't have that, but there are some people who could experience that as well. For those people that don't know, what is hepatitis B? Hepatitis B is a highly uh, infectious virus of the infectious liver. So the hepatitis B virus actually attacks and affects your liver. It can cause liver cancer. It can cause liver failure. And some people could possibly have to have a liver transplant. So it is very highly, highly infectious and contagious, and it is contracted through bodily fluids. Like I said, our kids are already vaccinated for this, typically if they're born after 1991. But if you are not, you may not have be having vaccination for this particular virus. Interesting. And I did not know that they vaccinated at birth. So yes. if, if you're born before 91, 
Yes, if you were on before 91, you would not have had. It was not required. But now if you're going after that, it's like a, I think when the kids are born, they give them one shot. And then, you know, when you come in after like a month or two or so, and I don't know the exact schedule for kids, but they, when they come in, then they'll have their, um, they have their shots. Um, and that's another uh, vaccine, but they would have the hepatitis B vaccine that's required for them as well. And why for adults does it stop at 59? Uh, well, because that was the, the the age. That's just what they suggested. Now, I will say, if you're over 59, you can have it, and you should probably, you know, you should get it. You talk to your healthcare provider, but that's the recommendation that the CDC made was 19 to 59. But if you're over that age, you can get it. If you talk to your healthcare provider as well. Interesting. Think about yeah. that, because on that note, we're going to take a quick break. Say thank you to our sponsors, and we'll be back here in just a moment on Word of Mom Radio. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. Unsilenced Voices has been working diligently in Ghana, Sierra Leone, Rwanda, and the USA to combat domestic violence, sexual abuse, and human trafficking. We currently have over 50 young girls on a wait list in Sierra Leone to go through a vocational training program to get them off the streets and out of harm's way. We have gifted over $33,000 to U.S. survivors and are looking for volunteers and donors to help us continue our cause. Please visit us at www.unsilencedvoices.org. Again, unsilencedvoices.org for more information. Are you experiencing insomnia, brain fog, hot flashes, mood swings, and more? These are many of the symptoms women experience on a daily basis affecting the health of their brain and increasing the risk for dementias like Alzheimer's disease down the road. A healthy lifestyle can make a big difference for the health of the brain, but Brain Love Health took it further and created an innovative nutritional supplement, especially for women, to support us through this transitional time while also promoting better sleep and long-term brain health. Don't wait any longer to help your brain age well. Why let it deteriorate? The health of your brain is in your hands. To begin protecting it today, visit Brain Love Health. Dot com. That's B-R-A-I-N-L-O-V-E-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com. Don't let the name fool you. StadiumBags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. So check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice because safety, it's in the bag. And we're back on Word of Mom Radio. We are talking with Dr. Stephanie Young-Moss about perimenopause, menopause, and those things that we don't talk about. got to ask you, I mean, seriously, why is it still a subject that women feel so uncomfortable talking about. I think it's taboo because our mothers, mothers, mothers didn't talk to them. So therefore, our mom, nine times out of ten, did not talk to us, right? Now, we talk about everything else. We talk about when you're going to get your cycle, when you're going to do this, what's going to happen. However, a lot of times we did not talk about what happens when your cycle is ending. 
And it's just because it's, I think it's just really a lack of education that we did not talk about it. And that's really the biggest thing, is taboo. And then people also think, you know, you hear menopause, you think, oh, my youth is over. But it, it doesn't have to be. You know, you have to realize it's a privilege to even be able to get to that stage. Typically, our ancestors probably did not reach menopause. If you think about the life expectancy from way back in the day, they either weren't getting to that stage of menopause or if they did get to it, they didn't live a lot longer after that. But now we have one third of our life after menopause. So we have to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and doing the right thing so we can still continue to be youthful and active. Because think about the age of retirement in the U.S. is typically, what, 65, 67? Aging is, is good. I'm pro-aging, right? But just take care of yourself so that when you, when you are retired and you want to go on vacations, you still can walk around and do the things that you want to do. You still can be active. You still can chase your grandkids. So it's about taking care of those things because people don't realize that estrogen, there's so many estrogen receptors all over the body. So it affects your joints, your brain. Some people may have brain fog, joint pain. Those receptors are everywhere. So when your estrogen decreases is when you start to see those symptoms. But we just have to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and changing some things in our diet and nutrition and also moving more and exercising more and doing, when I say more, like doing more things that's appropriate for us, which may mean stretching, yoga, doing some strength training, could be body weight exercises because muscle is so important as well when it comes to your uh, bones and your skeletal uh, muscle as well. What are some of the things we should do nutritionally to help our bodies, especially after menopause? I think that it's important first to, like I said, I keep a food diary to make sure that if anything's affecting me, I can notice it. Like, for instance, wine and spicy foods, they all affect hot flashes. So, and caffeine too. And I drink caffeine. So I have to realize what I started doing was I cut back. So I do a half-calf now instead of a full, you know, because it's fully caffeinated. So things like that, because it will affect your hot flash. And it's okay to eat it. I'm not saying stay wholly away from it, but just be mindful and be, and just know that if you indulge, that this could possibly happen. There are some foods that you may not be able to eat that you used to be able to eat. So take note of that as well. And then also just making sure that you don't have any nutritional holes, whether it's take a multivitamin and make sure that you have all your nutrition in place because nutrition can also play a big role into some of these things as well. So doing things like that and talking to your doctor, uh, going to your healthcare professional to get your blood work checked once a year, make sure you're up to date on your vaccines as well. All those things are important to make sure that you're paying attention to your health. It's so important. Besides the hep B vaccine, are there other vaccinations adults should be getting that kind of catches up with our kids? Uh, I'm not sure about catching up, but there are other vaccines that the CDC has recommended. But that was the latest one that they actually updated was the hepatitis B vaccine. So there are a couple more. There are approximately six vaccines that the CDC also recommends. That would be uh, your Tdap, your shingles, pneumonia, flu, and, of course, COVID. So those are the ones that they recommend, and then they updated recently to hepatitis B. But the other ones were already recommended and updated, but hepatitis B is the new one that they added recently. You know, shingles, that's the adult form of chickenpox, correct? Well, yeah, it's the same virus as the chickenpox virus. And the thing about it is with shingles, you know, we've always thought that with shingles that you get it a lot older, but people, healthcare professionals are starting to see people getting it younger because what brings it out is stress and high, you know, anxiety and all those types of things on your body. Stress plays so much into your body. Even with menopause, stress is very, it affects your, your hormones. But 
we don't realize that people are getting a lot younger. So I used to see people getting it in their 60s, but you're starting to see people getting in their 30s and 40s because of the high stress. You're starting to see shingles come out a lot more as well. So, so yeah, shingles is um, one of the uh, vaccines that they recommend as well. Interesting. My friend's daughter got shingles in her 20s. Yeah. Mm. I had it in my 30s, to be honest. And, you know, I did. It was it was it was stress. And that's what brings it out. I've heard it's so painful because it's it's your nerve yeah, not, coming right up to your surface. Correct. Yes. And I'm be honest, I didn't have a, a, a and I actually had mine during pregnancy, which can cause that to come out as well. And so mine wasn't as painful as I've heard people. I've had people have seen it happen on their face and things and mine looking for my torso or whatever. But it wasn't as bad, but I have heard of people having really, really painful where they can't even touch it or have clothes on their on their portion of where, where it's affecting them. I want to go back to mom and how they can start to prioritize their health care. Do you have any mm-hmm. tips that you can share with them to get them back on their list of taking <laughs> care? Well, I think the biggest thing is being mindful and to make sure that you have to think about your health. You know, write down in your journal things. Write down in your calendar when it's time for you to go to the doctor or to get your, your – I mean, most of us, I, I think, typically, we would, you know, go get our mammograms and, and go get our annual or pap smears or whatever. But there are some people who, you know, wait years to go get it, and they don't just have it automatically. And, you know, I do, but some people just don't. They just think about it and say, oh, I need to make an appointment because they just either don't have the time or they're so busy doing everything else. So keep that in your calendar and keep that updated. And just once you have your appointment, make your next one, you know, whether it's one, three, or five, or whatever time that you want to go get that, get your annual, it's annual, it should be yearly. But whatever your doctor suggests, then make sure that you put that in there in your calendar and have it for you. It's time for you. Also, take time for yourself to have, you know, self-care, whatever things that you like to do. Sometimes, you know, take your kids to do that with you, or sometimes go and do it alone, whether it's taking a walk or going to the spa or just reading a book, just making sure that you're carving out, even if, it's, even if it's 15 or 20 minutes a day, to help you mentally kind of decompress. You know, people may say, well, I don't have that time, 15 minutes, even if it's an audio book in the car. Take that time to really focus on your self-care as well. And then also with monitoring your stress, like I talked about, being mindful of that, whether it's your work or your clients, monitoring your stress is important. And then also considering, like I said, your diet and exercise as well, those are so important. And one thing I left out about doing your annual and checking up on your vaccines, if people want to hear more about the hepatitis B, uh, they can go to www.hepbcatchup.com to learn more about that. I forgot to ask that. Well, so that's important too. As you work helping to prevent these healthcare disparities, is there like a common denominator that you see over and over again? Um, when it, as far as healthcare disparities, I would say that the biggest, so when it comes to healthcare disparities, of course, you have your social determinants of health, right? And the biggest social determinant of health that can be changed is education. And education is so important because, you know, people may think, oh, you know, the thing you can change is, uh, where you live or how much money you make. But education sort of affects all of those things. So it's really important for education that you have your education because if you have your education, you can get a good job that has benefits. You have benefits. You can get access to health care. You may have a better job that helps you take care of your family, which helps take some of the stress off of you. So it, that's one of the things as far as social determinant health when it comes to health care disparities is education is if you change that, it has the biggest impact on health in general. Dr. Stephanie, as we're wrapping up, what would you like to leave our audience with 
and how may they reach out to you? The biggest thing I would like to leave the audience with, especially talking to a group of moms who are, you know, busy in their uh, either businesses or work or whatever, is to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and being mindful of your activities and the things you may do at work in your business. How, see how is it affecting your health? Because a lot of times we may not pay attention to that. Is your job causing you stress? Are your clients causing you stress? What do you need to change or what can you change to help alleviate some of that stress for you? Because stress plays a lot and wears a lot on the body when it comes to disease, when it comes to hormones, it weighs a lot on the body. So try and be mindful and think what things can I change in my day-to-day life or my business or at work to help me cope and to help me deal with this stress. So if you really can't handle it, you really need to talk to a healthcare professional about that and see what you what some things that you can implement that way too. So I think looking at your stress and taking care of yourself and having better self-care. If you would like to have more information, you can look at www.drstephanieyelmo.com or menopauseandcolor.com. And then also on all social media platforms, I'm Dr. Stephanie Yelmo as well. And don't forget healthbecatchup.com if they want to learn more information about the vaccine as well. All of the links will be live on wordofmomradio.com. And I really, ladies, reach out, please. This is not something that should be behind closed doors. All right? We Mm -hmm. all go through this. That's what we do. And it is just time for us to stop hiding behind mm-hmm. things you know mm-hmm. as you said earlier it's a privilege people tell me all the time i should lie about my age and everything else <laughs> you kidding i wear 62 i'm 17 in my soul ask my grandson but <laughs> i'm 62 and i my mom only made it to 59 so many of my family and friends never had the luck and the privilege we don't have to grow old people who grow old were born old my brother mm. Born a grandmother. <laughs> I was born a kid and I'll stay a kid because everything. I know you're laughing, but it's true. Yeah, age is a social construct. <laughs> we don't it, is. it truly is. And you know what? We need to celebrate the fact that we've made it this far and you know, the best hasn't even happened yet. Exactly. So keep yourself healthy. Keep yourself do for you. Do for you what's going to make you feel good. Like you said, you want to run around with your grandkids or make mm-hmm. new friends or just taking that time for you is so important. So I really appreciate, Dr. Stephanie, what you are doing to educate women and to share about how important our self-care is. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's so important. And it was my pleasure. And for all of you tuning in, thank you so much for being with us today. We're going to close out with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. So till next time, this is Dory DiCarlo saying go out and create a marvelous you. Bye for now. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.